What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, May 15th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast Blessing, Adioye Jr. It's me. Happy Friday, Greg. Happy Friday to you. You made it. Uh, I know every day feels exactly the same, and the crushing weight of the world is destroying us all. But hey, it's Friday. Yeah, we're here. It's Friday. Aren't I've been you excited to, to continue to sit in your room? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I'm so excited to sit in my room this whole weekend. I, I have planned. Uh, I'm going to be playing Persona 5 Royal. Yeah. Um, I might watch some more television. Oh, wow. And- the TV. Yeah, if I turn the TV on. Yeah, wow. man. You know, gotta kind of got to switch things up every now and then. And yeah, sure. I might then go back to video games. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now are you fully committed to persona 5 being the jrpg for you because you were doing this yeah. thing where i knew you're flying too close to the sun trying to play three different jrpgs at once yeah like the, i think the thing that i realized was that trying to play persona 5 royal and trails of cold steel at the same time was yeah. going to ruin one or the other for me and likely it was, it was gonna, gonna ruin trails. it was gonna ruin trails of cold steel probably because the games yeah. are kind of similar in setup and so i figured like you know what man let me let me get persona 5 royal out of the way because that's the game that i'm that's the game that's relevant right now. That's the game that I feel like there's not not an obligation, but I feel best about playing as far as yeah. like something to talk about and something that other people are playing and that I could like text my friends about uh, as I'm playing through it. And so, yeah, that game's kind of kind of taken over for me at this point. Great. You gonna beat it this weekend? No, no. How many hours in? Uh, I'm almost sixty hours, and so <laughs> I probably have. I'm gonna spitball here another 80 probably because oh, like when i said i said earlier this week uh i was talking i think it was on ps love actually where i was talking about it and i said i was, I was about like 50 hours and i just i I'd, I'd either just started futaba's palace which is like the fourth palace in the game uh, or maybe fifth um or i just beaten it and i think barrett was like oh yeah cool you're like a third through the game and i was like sweet i mean i'm strapped <laughs> in i'm ready for this ride Nice. Uh, I finally uh, did it yesterday where I said goodbye to Cassandra in Assassin's Creed Odyssey and start restarted Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh. Uh, a game that I played at launch for like an hour and was like, I'm not feeling this and bounced and never made my way back to. And then obviously fell in love with Odyssey the way I did and put, you know, more than 100 hours into it and did the DLC and whatever. Um, I mean, I, 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 we talked about it, I think, last week, right? Of like with all this time now catching up on stuff and going back and finishing Legacy, the first play DLC and Odyssey, then starting the Atlantis DLC, but being like, I really don't give a shit about Atlantis. And I'm so far removed from the story and so leveled up that it's just me just clowning everybody out that's not what i want out of this so yeah, last night restarted origins uh by x story there and i'd say probably i mean i'm through the title splash so what that's like an hour maybe into it and then i'm into the mainland stuff and running around doing all that stuff and it's scratching the itch for sure like and it's Isn't funny it really? it's funny how much it's so weird and i understand now why so many people are like wait you love odyssey but you didn't even play origins that much because like now going back to origins right which was the debut of that combat system and how they redid everything you're like oh this is just odyssey this is this is just odyssey <laughs> but it's and when people are playing odyssey they're just like oh this is just origins again so i mean i'm having do a great time can't you, wait do you find that the world is more uh, like isolated there's less stuff going on cuz i found that when i was playing origins originally that's what i kind of yeah. felt like oh this world's kind of empty and then odyssey was the opposite where like they really did yeah, a good job everywhere. filling out the world my how far did you play into it I want to say like forty hours. Oh shit! Amount. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, I, I, did, I, yeah, I really no, like way Origins. more about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, then you you know better than me for sure. Like it's that thing of right now. Like that was one of my early criticisms of it of why I kind of stopped. Where I was like, it's such a brown world and there's so much empty space. And... I don't think you can say that, Greg. Yeah, I was gonna say, can you say that? That's whoa, okay. whoa, 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 whoa! We <laughs> actual it's color Egypt, all right? All right. It's supposed to be a brown world. Don't 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 turn on me. All right, I know this is another Minority <laughs> Report situation here. All right, I don't need it. I don't it. know if you can say that either. I can't. It's Kevin's fucking stable name for him and Andy. You know, Kevin can say it. It's now it's a blessing. Oh now that you're here, I feel pretty comfortable saying that it's always made me very uncomfortable. You said it. I never. I didn't create that title. Kevin, as a black listener, I, I gotta agree. It's say, always made Ariba, me uncomfortable. Ariba. No. You a black listener. You're my co-host. You're on the show right now. No. Well, I mean, back when you guys would do it back in the day, you know, I always listen. I'd be like, oh man, I don't know if they can if they could say that. Like, you know, Kevin, Kevin's out here alone. He's he doesn't he's not able to fight back. It's unfortunate. See, Kevin, 
C blessing. This is the problem with you. Great, ladies and gentlemen, Whoa. let's stop. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let's stop fucking around and talking about the news of the day. Uh, the Ghost of Tsushima reveal is a month late, and it turns out you have a lot of questions about it. Microsoft has some words, and Kotaku has some concerns about Xbox and the Unreal Engine 5, and so much more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, Patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can go there submit your questions comments concerns your squad up requests and so much more like getting the show ad free and of course getting the exclusive daily post show we do however if you have no bucks to toss our way it's no big deal we completely understand instead go to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you can watch us record the show live and you have a special job go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday uh some housekeeping for you remember ladies and gentlemen the core game jam is going on remember we did that sponsored uh, stream with core we have another one coming up at the end of uh or i guess the beginning of june also remember we were supposed to reveal this with them at gdc and they've been great about the fact that there's a pandemic and it kind of screwed up their days and our lives so if you go to kindoffunny.com slash right, I'm sorry, kindoffunny.com slash game jam right now, you can learn all about Core and the Game Jam. Of course, Core is a free game right now on PC. You download and you make multiplayer games in it and then play multiplayer games with everybody there. We did a stream with it. It's also up on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. The Andy uh, and Jordan from uh, Manticore Games played, had a great time, built stuff, played with you, the kind of funny best friends. But where this all comes down to is free. You can make games in it, and you go to kindoffunny.com slash game jam. You can learn all about the contests they're doing for this entire month. Uh, every For every game you guys make and submit, and then you know to enter or publish a new game on the core platform in one of the four categories, party game, kind of funniest game, retro game, and pop culture inspired game. You go there, and for every entry you put in, uh, they will donate $100 to our Extra Life campaign. And more importantly, they are doing uh, more than $5,000 five, uh, $5, in prizes for you, the people who submit the games. So again, kindoffunny.com slash game jam. Go there. Uh, you can also just download Core from there. You can just play it. It's kind of like Dreams. Again, what I was saying on... The, the the stream a little bit i can say louder now but not too loud is that you can go to the core uh, thing download it it's kind of like dreams where you just oh i want to iterate on this level somebody already made you iterate on the game you just publish it in one of these categories you're entered and you know you make a little change maybe you win but the entry gets us 100 bucks just help us out you know what i mean bless what you mean smarter not harder guys smarter not well that's legal enough uh kind of jam go win yourself some amazon gift cards a thousand dollars uh they have four thousand they have four one thousand dollar gift cards to amazon as grand prizes but i digress thank you to our patreon producers mohammed mohammed aka momo blackjack and the predator himself al tribesman today we're brought to you by hymns but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Four items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Number one. Huh? I heard you didn't know SOS and Morse code. What a loser. I believe it's called Morse code, you idiot. No, his name was Morris. <laughs> Morris the cat? <laughs> the cat from the cat food commercial? <laughs> No, but I was impressed you understood that because I was trying to remember the old Superman cartoon where Superman uh, had a kryptonite and he was down there and he knocked on the thing and Jimmy heard it. doesn't matter. Uh, number one on the Roper Report, Blessing. Can you believe Ghost of Tsushima was supposed to be revealed more than a month ago? Yes, I can very much believe that. This news comes from Kind of Funny. Uh, we had uh, Ryan McCaffrey from IGN.com on We Have Cool Friends last night. Of course, uh, Ryan is in charge of a program called IGN First, which is them uh, reaching out to publishers and developers, partnering with them to reveal games first and do a month-long uh, coverage blowout for it, right? On the show yesterday, available now, youtube.com slash podcast services around the globe, Ryan said that, in fact, Ghost of Tsushima was supposed to be IGN First for April, uh, April 2020. It was supposed to be a month of coverage for uh, Ghost of Tsushima. It would have been the first time we would have seen it. It would have been the first time you would have known anything about it uh max scoville and jonathan dornbush were supposed to go to sucker punch in mid-march uh go up there seattle or bellevue technically for sucker punch see the game come back with a whole bunch of uh content drops and things like that but of course because of the pandemic that got thrown out the window uh blessing 
What I want to do then is kind of steal what you do on PS I Love You, XOXO, Mm -hmm. and do with the X's and O's where we have a bigger conversation. I want to ask the question, how much has PlayStation lost to COVID, you think? Are you talking about as as far as like marketing and as far as like where they're at? As far as you want to interpret it, because I think we actually have hard pieces of evidence now that things in a, if we go back in time, stop COVID before it ever happens, we see that bat, we just throw them away. I don't even know how the bat got started or if that's just a rumor. I, I know something happened with a bat. Isn't that right, Kevin? Uh, one of the theories is that uh, it came from people oh. eating contaminated bat yeah. meat. Yeah. From yeah. We go there, we stop that. We say, no, there'll be no Batman today, right? And then I'd love to see, we come back to back to this future, or the alternate reality now that we've created mm-hmm. as we learn about the future. I want to see and talk about, yeah, where we would be in a different world for PlayStation. I- I think if we're in that alternate reality where COVID COVID wasn't a thing, I think we might have <clears throat> might have already gotten the the PS5 reveal event. Like I, I wow. like I think you know you look at uh you look at let's say Mark's talk that was supposed to be at GDC, right? Mark Cerny's yep. uh, whole PlayStation Five uh, spec uh, reveal, him kind of lay, laying out in a very technical and a very developer focused way like what the ssd means for the console what these different things are the whole the whole ear ear thing send me a picture of your ear and we, can, <laughs> we can make you specific headphones that'll that'll make the experience great for you right like that stuff was supposed to be at gdc that got yeah. pushed um this the 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 demo we got from unreal 5 uh this this week right that yeah. was supposed to be at, at gdc that got pushed all the way back to what two months like you know you have you have that you have the the ps5 controller which what had to be announced in, in sort of a rushed way, which I yep. imagine had to do with COVID, right? Like you see all these pieces falling in ways where they weren't necessarily planned for originally, but because Sony and PlayStation had to kind of scrap things together and they had to act fast, you're seeing you're seeing things fall in in a very interesting way. And so I I mean I'm of the mind that if the rumors are true that this PlayStation 5 event is indeed happening, let's say June 4th, or at least let's even just say like the first week of June to be safe, right? If that's the case and they they are going to be prepared for it, um, I would think that maybe it was already supposed to happen at this point. Because mm-hmm. I've, if you look around, especially during, especially with E3 canceled and and uh, Jeff Keighley doing Summer Game Fest and all these summer events happening and Ubisoft going in, in June, and I forget which developer just said that they... Uh, they're not doing anything this summer because of assets and stuff. Um, not uh, being able to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, it was uh, fuck. Was it well, Square? Nintendo already said that. Yes, Square. Thank you very much. Square said they yeah. weren't going to do a big event. They'll do events for the games when they have something to say about the games. Yes, exactly. I think you look at that, and I feel like I feel like for for Sony, the first week of June must have been a thing where they were like, "All right, we had we had maybe the beginning of May as like the the, the planned date, but." assets and and trailers and demos and all these things couldn't come together on time let's let's push this out uh and you know maybe first week of june is where that thing where is where that kind of landed because like that otherwise that would have been like e3 time that would have been that's what i mean that's what i've been saying forever right of like mm-hmm. i thought when we were talking about this i was saying that yeah you would do since playstation was already saying they were going to skip e3 you would do the playstation 5 reveal event in may to give you give yourself that buffer of getting out in front of it and i kept saying judges week which of course is canceled and nobody's doing that anymore which i think actually technically would be happening right around now maybe next week um judges week not the reveal and then what you keep bringing up i want to toss this in here too uh and i think because i think it talks a little bit about this uh this june 4th uh playstation uh, event for the reveal of playstation 5 is far from confirmed but it has been rumored for a while and jeff grubb's been the one who's really been out there championing championing yeah. it and being sourced as the reference from his reset era comment and that twitter uh, talk and then of course on may 13th he put up jeff grubb's summer game mess that had a whole bunch of stuff on there including the inside xbox the tony hawk thing and then yeah the uh, uh june 4th slate of playstation overnight or maybe even yesterday i guess or two days ago? Wait, hold on. At some point, Jeff Grubb responds. Jeff Grubb responded. I just saw this making the rounds today. I hadn't seen this. It actually happened on the 13th, though, so I guess it's old. Uh, it, the, uh, for the PlayStation Slate thing, he had written, somebody said, Slate doesn't sound promising. My English isn't the best, but that sounds like one game or something as an appetizer, right? And Jeff Grubb says, should be an entire slate of games, a lot. And so I wondered like, what we're talking about of, it's been so fascinating on PS. I love you to talk about next gen and to see how Xbox has handled their rollout of the Series X and this ongoing conversation of 
in question from the audience, is PlayStation missing the boat? Are they behind? I think that's what we titled the episode, right? Because we had this long conversation mm-hmm. from, um, remember the writer's name? PlayStation from, Lifestyle. Cam- um, I want to say Cameron because we gave him a lot of compliments, but I want to give him his actual name. So hold on. I'm going to open the thing. Blessing is listening to I'm trying, me. I'm still trying time. to find it on. It's on got a Twitter C. It's got like a Cameron. Yeah. Right? Chandler Wood, PlayStation That's Lifestyle. Uh, Chandler Wood, a PlayStation Lifestyle uh, was our topic point. Uh, and it was, is Sony behind the curve with the PlayStation 5 reveal? We're drafting on Microsoft's next gen announcements. Um, I think it's so fascinating to look at this and go, man. They would have done so much more, but they would have. They it's it's almost that thing where people are like, "Come on, PlayStation, do something!" And you look at this, and PlayStation is it looks like a victim of the pandemic, right? In a way that they haven't sp- been outspoken about. Of well, clearly, yes, we are going to do this GDC thing times two, where Mark was going to come out and do the, with all due respect, boring thing for most per- people and talk about stats and hard drives and whatever. But then you were going to have this epic drop this uh, demo that was going to be playable there. People are going to be yeah. able to say, I played the PlayStation 5. I actually did something with the PlayStation 5. And on, I've, I've and on, honestly, that that would have been the thing. That would have been kind of the answer to, to so many of our complaints after that GDC talk, right? Where, yeah, of course. Where that would, so it, many it, of us... Like so many of us watched that video and fans especially that were looking forward to oh what's next for or what what's the future right what 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 is next gen offering us that that uh they have for us to care about right and like that mark cerny talk for all intents and purposes was boring it was details that for most people just don't matter like i really liked uh brian altano's uh, altano's quote from around that time on like a beyond where he was like oh yeah we now have the most Simple communication from PlayStation 5 being the logo, and now we have the most advanced technical <laughs> communication. And you know, I that's kind of that's kind of how it felt. If they had that coupled with the Unreal 5 gameplay that we saw and that yeah. was playable at GDC, that would have been such a, a huge pop, and that would have had a totally different reaction from everybody. Yeah, and that's what's uh interesting and fascinating to see again how everybody has to cope with this and deal with this. But yeah, the know that PlayStation had all these beats lined up that they've been wiped off the table and now they you want as we get to this playstation 5 reveal event whenever it will be but it is coming uh the idea that if it's going to be a giant amount of games like jeff's saying if it's going to be that it's funny because you know i i I talked to somebody on twitter about this the other day because they're like man are you guys considering moving ps i love you because it seems like every time you publish on a tuesday morning there's news about playstation immediately later that morning and I'm like, no, that's just podcasting in general, that whenever you put something out, like it's going to be outdated immediately. But for us to be on Monday afternoon recording and be like, how would you, We if they're going to do something about Ghost of Tsushima, they have to do it soon. And they did it the next day. Like, yeah, you can see the beats lining up for where they are, but then also not being the way they want it to be and not being rushed necessarily, but being different. And so I do wonder if PlayStation 5's events been pushed. It isn't going to be originally what they envisioned there probably were going to be more reveals and announcements from games between the GDC stuff in here, right? How jam-packed is that PlayStation 5? You know what I mean? I don't want to sit there and, and I hate, you know, getting your expectations too high, mainly for a PlayStation 5 reveal event. I'm excited to see what the box looks like, know the details, what is the interface going to run like? Um, but to actually get there and be like, well, who else was going to announce and who else was waiting and who else is, is going to do the Assassin's Creed Valhalla thing of, here's the trailer and we'll talk more about it you know when we do our own event later on or we'll you know we're going to show up on ign's uh whatever it is or we're going to show up on keely's you know uh, summer game fest and show stuff there yeah i mean that was honestly my, my biggest question i think we talked we talked about it on ps love you where i was like like I, I had the thought of like if this playstation event is truly scheduled for the first week of june like is it going to have the juice? Is it going to have the games? Is it going to like with with everything being being delayed and with it being hard to put things together and, and with like Ubisoft doing their event in July, right? Like with things being more spread out because things are just harder to do at this point, like is an event the first week of June really the way you want to go? And I think the idea that, oh, this is an event that was already supposed to happen. This has been a, a thing that's been in the books for a while already that yeah. they probably already wanted to happen by now, but ended up getting pushed pushed to June kind of answers all those questions as far as yeah. like readiness yeah. is concerned. And so it'll be back to that thing of, you know, we've talked about this where Xbox has been doing a drip feed of, an, you know, announcement after announcement. Uh, and you wonder now, yeah, you get to PlayStation if they have all, if they're just going to do one megaton, does that work? And does that keep people excited? Does that answer, does that solve the problems that Xbox has faced? We'll have do to you, wait and see. Do you, where do you think they, they, or how do you think they meant to reveal the controller? Do you think that was supposed to be GDC? 
Honestly, yeah, I could see that because you think that would be another great beat if you had the Cerny talk that's super in the weeds. You have, hey, here's the Unreal uh, Engine 5 demo here with the Lumen thing, and you can play it on the show floor with the brand new DualSense, right? Like, I think that would make a lot of sense, and it'd be cool to have hands-on, and you'd be, you know, that's the one thing we're missing from that thing, right? Where ever since it's been announced and shown, it's been, oh, that was great, but like I'm not going to make an opinion of it until I actually hold it, until I feel it, until I know what it's like. Yeah, and the fact that you you look at the Unreal Unreal Engine five reveal and the communication is like this is the PS five, this is the power of the PS five, yeah. this is running yeah. on the PS five. You imagine that if that was supposed to be at GDC, then ideally you would have had the PS five controller at GDC for people to mess around with and actually like you know get in there and have an actual PS five experience with. Totally, yeah, because that that's more sexy than playing with a Dual Shock, right? Playing yeah. sitting there with a Dual Shock four playing PS4. what is a PlayStation five game and looks impressive or demo and what is impressive. Yeah, you'd yeah. hope they had that. Now, like, go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you uh, I was, I was, I was just gonna say, like the idea of that Mark Cerny talk finishing with, and you oh, can sure. also play play this right now with the the Dual Shock Five, which or the Dual Sense yeah. that looks like this, right? Like yeah, that yeah, would have yeah. been such a great handoff. Totally, and I think it's also it's worth noting that you know, PlayStation in my history of covering them, thirteen years, right uses gdc often to push stuff like this and to do big moves like that's where they announced playstation move that's where you know what i mean like that was when uh playstation vr got so much juice when shuhei was making the rounds in 2015 i want to say we were a patreon so either 2015 or 2016 like they use that as a real marketing beat they see the value in making big announcements there that other you know gdc for a lot of people and is just hey like, t- send your devs there to learn not necessarily announce playstation has done that before so it would have been interesting to see what they would have done if everything would have been normal uh and also lord of pwn r- r- gives us a reminder uh, and you're wrong a reminder back in january this year playstation told gamesindustry.biz quote we will build upon our global event strategy in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe uh this was when playstation wouldn't be attending e3 2020 so yeah obviously there was a more juice to be had there i thought that was an empty statement that they would just send the truck to hundreds of things yeah but it doesn't I, matter. I think that is the truck also <laughs> i still think they would have done more and clearly they would have but while we're talking about this unreal uh, engine five thing number two on the roper report let's talk about two separate stories here about xbox and unreal engine five uh ethan gatch over at kotaku says can xbox run the demo epic games impressive unreal 5 tech demo revealed earlier this week was running on a playstation 5 development kit whether it can also run on xbox series x remains a mystery quote the demo we revealed on wednesday is running on playstation 5 because that's been our target platform for this particular experience a spokesperson for epic told kotaku in an email yesterday quote ue5 with core technologies like niagara vfx and chaos physics and destruction and the newly revealed nanite virtualized geometry and lumen dynamic global illumination is also targeting xbox series x end quote when pressed about if the demo was designed specifically for PlayStation 5 and couldn't run on the Xbox Series X, the spokesperson simply said, quote, we aren't running it on Xbox Series X, end quote. Microsoft has been similarly vague about the specifics while clearly wanting people to expect similar performance from their next machine. Quote, the fidelity seen in the Unreal Engine 5 tech demo is something that people can expect for next-gen gaming across devices, a spokesperson for Microsoft told Kotaku in an email. Developers around the world, including majority, this is another quote, developers around the world, including the majority of our 15 Xbox Game Studios teams, are using Unreal Engine to build their future projects. We look forward to partnering with Epic and working closely with Unreal 5 across our development teams when it releases in 2021, end quote. Now, Eddie over at GameSpot uh, summarized uh, uh, Phil and Aaron's responses to this. So let's read from that. Epic's Unreal Engine 5 was announced with a tech demo running on the PlayStation 5, and it looked very impressive. In addition to PS5, the new engine supports Xbox Series X, and now two of the top executives at Xbox have weighed in with their responses to the announcement of the new tech. Xbox boss Phil Spencer said, quote, incredible work by the team at Epic. He added that many of the internal Xbox Game Studio teams are using versions of Unreal to make their games, including Ninja Theory, which is using technology. But he didn't say Unreal Engine 5 specifically to develop Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. Spencer added that Microsoft is, quote, excited to bring these Unreal Engine 5 innovations to life on Xbox Series X, end quote. Xbox marketing boss Aaron Greenberg, meanwhile, stated that the Unreal Engine 5 reveal was super impressive. He added, quote, you can only imagine what the new Unreal Engine 5 engine will look like on the world's most powerful console. 
Uh, the PS5 tech demo called Lumen in the Land of Nanite is not a real game, but it was actually playable. Epic had planned to bring it to a game developers conference in March uh, to allow people to play for themselves, according to IGN, but the show eventually was canceled. Blessing. Do you have right. any doubt that this demo could run on the Xbox Series X? No, like, I I mean, I think it's obvious that it can run on the Xbox Series X. I, if anything, I find Epic's caginess around saying that kind of weird. Like, yeah, me too. I'm, I imagine that there's there was some sort of talk with PlayStation. Like I'm, I imagine the the reasoning that you that that um, this was revealed as this is new PS5 gameplay is to have that pop, right? Like the idea of connecting Unreal Engine Five to the to the release of a brand new box is it's a very sexy way to package it, and it's a very it's very much a way to get people get get eyes on your product while also being associated with the big new console launch. And so yeah. I I think. It's harder to do that if you want to attach yourselves to both platforms because you don't then get the boost from PlayStation really owning it and really yeah. propping that up. Yeah. Um, that said, I I don't know why they just don't come out and say that like, oh yeah, Unreal Engine 5 is also going to be on Xbox Series X because that's a very well, obvious thing. The Unreal Engine 5 will be, right? It's not that what, what they're getting hung up on is the demo. When pressed oh, about yeah. if the demo was designed specifically with the PS5 and couldn't run on the Xbox Series X, the person said, we aren't running. That's my whole pro- my th- problem, is that it's not jargon so much, but it's very much that, well, we built this for PlayStation 5 and we're running on PlayStation 5, and I assume, maybe I'm being uh, uh, naive, that they haven't bothered to make it go run on Xbox Series X because they're just trying to nail it for this thing to get it out to show it to you on PlayStation 5. And so... This could it run, couldn't it run? I don't understand at all because Epic's whole thing with Unreal Engine 5, when we put, they put out the press release, I remember I read from it on the stream and then I think on Games Daily, being like, it's targeting Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, this, iOS, mobile, PC, like the list goes on where I think I can't imagine whatever, the way they're designing Unreal Engine 5, the way they're designing this Lumen technology and your chaoses and your whatnots is designed to scale and do everything it can to be the best on whatever platform it's on unless i'm totally misunderstanding it so i guess the argument is could it run at the same fidelity at the same rate the same whatever it's an interesting question but i would think that and again i'm greg miller a complete moron when it comes to this stuff i'd assume that any uh uh thing any of the ground they have to give up then anything they have to tone down would be so minuscule that i wouldn't be able to pick it up with the naked eye You'd have to yeah, very and, clearly walk to a corner and be like, see how this triangle doesn't look like that triangle on PlayStation 5? Well, there you go. And yeah, I, I think maybe it is like the thing of being able to to say that this was built for the ground up for this platform and being able to show that gameplay then allows you to be... It then allows that claim to be factual and impressive in a way that if you if you did the same demo and you, and you made it for both Xbox Series X and PS5, the concessions that you might have to make to make make that run on both platforms in way, ways that feel equal that might then like scale back the demo in a way that you don't want right like that might yeah. that might lead you to make a demo that looks less impressive like still impressive because it's still next gen exclusive but you know it might it might be a difficult thing to 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 nail in the way that you're able to you're able to nail that Unreal Engine 5 demo that we got earlier this week because yeah this is this is for the ground up on PS5 it was built with the hardware in mind like this is what this is ex- essentially what you can expect from an, an exclusive game yeah and it's back to what we talked about at the very beginning uh on god time's a flat circle when was the fucking yeah. demo what day of the week was that when did we see god, this i, I want to say wednesday but wednesday. I feel like that's you're right soon. No, it was wednesday it was wednesday anyway was that only two days ago <laughs> um it was that conversation i think on this show where it was the hey like you know do you find it weird that they've done like an exclusive deal here like clearly as much as tim sweeney's talking about the playstation 5 there's something going on there. And it's like, well, no, that's how it is, right? I mean, it benefits them both. And especially as we're talking about, like, what beats PlayStation wanted to hit and didn't get to hit. Like, they clearly had a plan. They clearly had were working yeah. with partners to show off how great the PlayStation 5 is. And so to this point of, like, them being cagey about it running on Xbox Series X, I think honestly comes from a place of, number one, they've probably only been so, they've been so heads down focused on it that, no, we want to make sure it runs on PlayStation 5 perfectly. And then number two, there's probably is a part of, you don't want to lie, of, like, well, no, it it should run, but like we haven't. I don't know. Like we, you don't want to get caught in a lie there. You don't want to kill yeah. on it, you know. Yeah, I can see that. Number three on the Roper Report. Uh, Control's next DLC explains more of Alan Wake. This is Andrew Reiner at GameInformer.com. He had an interview with Sam Lake, uh, Remedy's uh, chief creative director and writer, but more importantly, the face of Max Payne. Uh, Andrew said. 
The game was, re- and he's talking about Alan Wake, by the way. This is the end of an interview. It's a great interview. You should go read it. Uh, the end of Alan Wake was received well critically and became a cult classic with fans. The game was, sorry, Alan Wake, uh, was received well critically and became a cult classic with fans. Looking back 10 years now, that's how long it's been since Alan Wake, which is crazy. How do you think it turned out? Sam Lake responds, you know, because of the struggles along the way, but also as object- as as objectively as one can look at something that we have made, I'm really proud of it. I think it turned out really well. In some ways, him being a writer, trying out things that are not obvious, and trying to create a deeper world and narrative for it, Alan Wake has a special place in my heart. In a strange way, it does seem to have st- have staying power kind. Uh, it's not that the excitement of people who played Alan Wake and enjoyed it has grown more quiet through the years. Quite the contrary. It seems like it keeps growing every year. Now the control is out. We didn't want to make a bi- we didn't want to make big noise about this before its release, but I wanted to build the idea of a connected universe for Remedy in the background. If you play Control and Explore, you'll find things that show Alan Wake and Control exist in the same world. What's more, it becomes clear that the Federal Bureau of Control that deals with these unexplainable things has been looking into what happened in Alan Wake. They have actual research and documentation around it. For fans from back in the day who didn't quite understand what was going on in Alan Wake, like Max Payne, the story was very much one man's experience or journey. Some things are not explained further than he sees them. Now, we have this bureau that deals with these things uh, and applies science and, science and research to them. We have this opportunity of looking back at what happened in Alan Wake and how does the bureau see it? Well, there was this otherworldly event that took place in Bright Falls, and they suddenly have this terminology. We have people say, quote, I loved, I loved Alan Wake, but I didn't quite understand what happened. And now I played Control, and I understand what happened in Alan Wake. That's been really fun and a nice opportunity. Reiner pops in and says, will that be told further in AWE uh, Awe, which is the next DLC for Control? We have, I I assume they say, well, it's all caps, so it's not Awe, right? It's not Awe, it's got to be AWE, but there's no periods. Anyways, uh, we have that coming later this year, and yes, we've been hinting at it, but not spelling it out. I can say that you will find out more about the Bureau's research on what happened in Alan Wake and where they are with it today. It's kind of nice with this being Alan Wake's 10-year anniversary that we have this opportunity to have Alan, more Alan Wake-related content for fans. That's really cool. Yeah, and that's you know, it's, I know that we've obviously known since the launch of Control that there was Alan Wake references in there. I know since the reveal of the roadmap, we've known that Awe was going to be a, a tie-in to Alan Wake. It's cool to see them reflecting on the honest thing and seeing this narrative thread. Uh, I've seen other people reporting on Game Informer's interview that – people who beat Alan Wake were left with this like, wait, what the fuck? What did I just see? And then the DLCs they did tried to sew it all up, but if you didn't play those, and maybe even if you did, it didn't really nail what was going on. I think it's awesome. I mean, I love Remedy uh, for the record. Obviously, I have a couple friends over there, uh, and I think their games are great. I loved Control. I loved Quantum Break for that matter too. I think it's awesome to see them do this shared universe thing that is so big in movies, right? (laughs) Now to see them do it in a game world, and especially do it in a game world that is fucking a 10-year gap between these two titles yeah no this is really cool as somebody who didn't play alan wake but played control and absolutely loved control like i love to see see stuff like this like i feel like even playing final fantasy 7 remake recently like i got i i feel like there's similar vibes there as far as like how the over overall universe is kind of kind of at work in ways where you where you look at it and you're like oh this is they're doing really cool things with the, the fiction of this world the way that they're expanding what what is uh control or what is final fantasy 7 remake i, I guess in in that case but yeah, like th- this seems pretty dope. I I have a question for you. Do you think you're are, are you do you do you plan to go back and play the or not even go back? Do you plan to play the DLC like the all expansion? I do. I like I never finished Alan Wake, which is a sore spot for me because that was like at the time I remember Hillary and Brudvig and the Xbox team being so into it. I played it, but don't think I beat it. I definitely don't remember it well enough. And even though it's not a year wrong, nanobiologist is calling out and you're wrong that Alan Wake is coming to Game Pass and Xbox. For, I'm sorry, Game Pass for Xbox and PC on May 21st. So I might actually, well, I guess I already own it, but I might all of the same jump in and get back to it there. Uh, yes, I plan on playing this, but it's the similar thing of I, when I was reading through this thing, it was, ta- you know, it starts talking about how the first control DLC is already out. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is already out. Yeah. I never went I back for that. If you played that, because I, yeah. I, I have that and I like, I meant to play it, but I just never, never got around around to it. And I don't know if that's just like a, a me thing or if there, there is like a phenomena of people like, you know dlc coming out and it being exciting but then it actually being out and people just being like well i had my time with this i don't know if it, i don't know if i want to go back to it i mean honestly that's always been the case with dlc is that i think you know again to what i was talking about earlier with the assassin's creed stuff right of like 
I you you were a listener at the time, so you know I I, I fucking adore Odyssey. I love Cassandra. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like I had played the DLCs as they dropped, but since they were spaced out, I totally was forgetting things. When I turned it back on, I was one mission away from beating the first blade. I beat the first blade. And then it was like, I started the Atlantis thing and I was just like, yeah, I love this, but it's to the point of I'm so far removed from this story that it's hard to get back in that groove because you're just tossed back into where it is. And I think that's what's interesting right now about Origins is having not touched this as launch and barely, 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 barely scratched the surface. Then, you know, I turned it on and it was like, Oh, here's all this content you have too. And it just downloaded all this shit. And it's like, do you want to jump to level 46 and go? And I'm like, no, 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 I want to play. But it's like, it will be interesting to me with Origins if it sticks and I do like it. Uh, I, I think I, I, I mean, I know I like it. If nothing happens and I, you know, there's no other review that pops up that I need to get torn away from. If I stick with Origins, like I think I'm going to, when I get to the end, am I going to be like, you know what, let's roll into these DLCs and just knock them out because mm-hmm. I'll be so up on who Bayek is and what's going on in his world and yada, yada. Whereas with Cassandra, even at the Legacy of the First Blade, I restarted. I'm like, what am I doing? And spoilers for the Legacy of the First Blade. I was like, what? Uh, all right, I'm going after my kid. Okay. And then I got the kid. I'm like, she's like talking about her his, his uh, dad. I'm like, all right, he fucking, was it the end of episode two he died? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like such a, because even, even those DLC drops, there was enough time away from the actual core game where I was just like, well, uh, you know, you jump back in there, you start playing like what's going on. So to apply that to control, what it's kept me away from it was, uh, and I, do you remember the first expansion's name for control? Oh, not at all. You, you uh, look it up for me real quick. Yeah. yeah be DLC or you'll see if you're wrong can beat you to it. Um, it was high, you know, control uh, when the, I was like during the foundation the foundation when it was like oh i'm gonna play it during um christmas break and platinum it and i jumped back in and i'd left it at a boss fight and i was just getting my head kicked in because i didn't remember how to play and i was like oh, i'll wait for the the you know the next expansion or the first expansion jump back in and then lucy played it she's like this shit's tough and i'm like well fuck god damn it like that's not encouraging me to jump back in like i already know i don't know how to play the game but for yeah, something it- story related that is going to tie it into the alan wake universe i'm pretty stoked about yeah it's it's an interesting thing too going back to persona 5 royal also which is a game that I I complained up and down about like, all right, cool. They're they're putting in new content into Persona Five, but they're packaging it as a new game, and I don't get the content until the end of it. Like yeah. that sounds like a, a weird thing. We can just add DLC. Um, but now that I'm replaying it, like it's such it, it's such a weird thing because I'm more likely to actually experience the content this way than if they oh, yeah. actually packaged it as its own thing. Which is like I complain about it, but at the same time, this it might be the better way to do it. Like, at least for me, with how I mean, I it play. is. That's why Game of the Year editions exist, right? And why I think you see them get packaged and people actually jump into them then. Cause yeah, if everything's out there, that I, I you know, I, I feel like it's even in, a, I guess I play, it's very much based on what kind of game you're playing, I think, where, you know, the division drops an expansion or a new episode or whatever. And it's like, with all the yeah. respect to the division the game I love, and it was my most played game of last year. I don't give a fine fuck about who's trying to release the virus. I just want to go shoot people in the head and pop off armor and get new gear, right? And so for that one, it's like drop in, drop out, do whatever I need to. I can I can go away for six months and come back for a hardcore month and not feel like I've missed something other than the systems of how it works. But for an Assassin's Creed, for a control, for um, a Telltale game, right? Episodic stuff like that. Like Life is Strange. Like when I played Life is Strange season one, right? episode one i remember playing it at launch and i was like this is weird all right i don't know and it i then let uh what i let two three four all stack up and that's when i went and played them and i was like holy shit this game's amazing like mm-hmm. when i do batman season two it was that thing of like all right cool new episode drops wait what is going on and like wait oh yeah okay so i made this choice with i don't even remember this guy you know what i mean like those things for stories having them that spread out with all the other games books comic books movies you go and re- read watch whatever like it's so hard to keep that stuff straight yeah no i'm, I'm definitely with you on, on that uh it's, i another question unless were you about to say some more i was just gonna say i think and i think that's just how that's the problem with dlc overall for for a long time of like people love the game at the time but like how do you put it out because you don't you want to reward people for sticking with it but then if you spread it out too much like well why would i do this i think yeah. honestly i think one of the best uh dlc rollout campaigns with spider-man where i think spider-man dropped right and then it it was a while i remember that epi- uh, the first episode being like wait what the fuck am i doing like trying to get back in the swing of it but i eventually got it and there was enough open world crime yeah. that's easy enough to get your bearings to go back and, and how was that only like a couple months after yeah that was done um, i may be speaking on my ass kind of funny.com slash you're wrong but if memory serves right it was done by it was done in december yeah i think so it was right? like it was contained to a year i could be wrong but i think it was episodes one two three like that 
I, that sounds right. And yeah, I'm with you that, that was that was a really good way to do it because I ended up playing episode one and, and starting episode two. I never actually finished the third part of it, which yeah. I've been actually wanting to do because I've been kind of feeling for Spider-Man. But and, yeah, like that's the a likely way to be, of getting me back into it. And even with Odyssey at launch, they didn't have the big episodes, but they had monthly content that was dropping new, just regular quest lines for you to get into. And that worked and that led me to DLC one. But then if memory serves, whatever happened after that, there was still monthly updates, but they weren't as cool. There was more competition or whatever it was. And I drifted off. And so that's why it was hard to get back in the swings with that. Who owns Alan Wake? Is it, is it Microsoft or does Remedy actually have the Remedy has it again, remember? Isn't that, that I want to say that was a new story when they bought that back from them. Alan okay, Wake, that might be the case then, because I was I was a little bit confused about that because I've yeah. been like July ever since they've been July second, twenty nineteen. Remedy regains publishing rights for Alan Wake IP. Gotcha. I, 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 I should remember that. IP the Alan Wake beer they got. Yeah, yeah. no, so they're all back. That's my that, birthday. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah, um, okay, that makes more sense then, because like as as they've been doing these like alan wake expansions and building on the world of alan wake I, i've always been like are they allowed to, th- to do this how are they able to make this happen but if they have the ip back then yeah dude i'm that's actually really cool for people who are super in alan wake uh nanobiologist points out we are correct not wrong spider-man dlc released october 23rd 2018 november 20 2018 and december 21st 2018 which while i which- argue some of how good the content was in some of those <laughs> like at least you had a good oh, rhythm yeah. to it and you weren't like i don't want uh, how do i play spider-man <laughs> Yeah, like I wish that was the standard, especially for like single player DLC. Even though I know people, I know there's the argument that like, well, that obviously is on the disc, or like obviously this is yeah, made yeah, you're already but like, whatever, honestly, whatever. I'd prefer it to have it rapidly. Uh, speaking of DLC, Gregway number four on the Roper Report: three major DLCs are coming to Neo Two. This is Team Ninja's Tom Lee over on the PlayStation blog. Who writes uh, to start things off? Today's major update. Well, there's an update out today, by the way. Uh, will present some compelling new features, such as a photo mode. Uh, this will be much more than a simple add-on as it will feature in-depth camera settings like image exposure, gradation, lighting, and tint adjustments, and a variety of dramatic filters. In addition, we are providing nine new missions uh, as part of this update. Uh, this is all part of a, I'm sorry, this is all a small part of our larger commitment to provide you guys with the most engaging gaming experience for Neo 2. And in our efforts to fulfill that commitment, we will vigorously pay, pay close attention to your feedback and continue to provide updates when we are when they are available. Uh, this is our promise to you. Now, let's jump into some DLC news. We're planning to release a total of three sizable and badass DLC batches over the next several months to provide you guys with additional challenges to keep you on the edge of your seat. Uh, there will be new storylines, new ferocious new bosses, guardian spirits, new skills, fresh armor, and a new weapon that alters the performance of skills outside of set stances. Now... <laughs> This is another one where literally we're jumping right in, uh, off of the last story, right? As if we planned mm-hmm. the show. But three sizable uh, DLC batches over the next several months, right? Like that seems like a That's good clip. I mean, it's it's broad, but who knows? Uh, on top of that, a new diffi- new difficulty levels and endgame content will be added to allow campaign the campaign to grow longer, giving you guys even more content to start your summer gaming adventures. I'm happy to announce the first of these thrilling DLC packs called the Tengu's. Tenju, uh, Tengu, uh, Disciple, will kick off on July 30th. Also, as an added bonus, we've prepared brand new wallpapers inspired by the upcoming <laughs> DLC to keep you motivated as you wait for the new chapter to arrive in uh, July. Uh, speaking of the upcoming DLC chapters here, you can go read about this on the PlayStation blog, but again, that's the them giving you three pieces of content for it over the next several months, the first dropping in July outside of today's patch. Seems like a good pace. Yeah, that's really cool. I wish I had more more to say about it, but I don't know much about it. That's not one of our games. Yeah, no, I just wanted to get it in there. Blessing. Greg. You know what else is cool? Because you said that was cool. But then we talked about things over. Uh, New games coming out. And I want you to tell me where I'd go to get those games. But first, bless, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you go to patreon.com slash games to get the show ad-free. And speaking of the ads, Greg Way, shout out to our sponsor, Hims. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, kind of funding us for a long time. Of course, forhims.com is a one-stop shop for skincare, hair loss, and sexual wellness for men. Remember, Andy and Nick use for hims for their thinning hair they noticed their hair was thinning uh they went to forhims.com and decided to do something about it you go to forhims.com you talk to a doctor online privately confidentially discreetly and the doctor if they determine it's right for you can prescribe you generic equivalents to well-known name brands um 
you know how it is. You can't leave your house. So this keeps you from leaving your house and going to the doctor's office. It keeps you from, of course, long pharmacy lines because if the doctor uh, proves it for you, it's shipped right to your door. Again, discreetly. Uh, the whole thing with 4 is that they understand that First off, most people don't want to go to the doctor. Secondly, some people are embarrassed to go to the doctor, especially for hair loss or uh, uh, sexual wellness for men. Maybe skincare, depending on what kind of skincare condition you have. But these are trying to get you around that to get you motivated to actually go out and help yourself. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, help yourself. Go to forhims.com. Uh, remember, these are licensed physicians and FDA approved a product. So this isn't some kind of weird thing they're doing for you. It's just a, a, a workaround to get you the help you need without really screwing up your entire day. Uh, you answer a few quick questions, the doctor review, and if they determine it's right for you. They prescribe the medication to treat hair loss that's shipped directly to your door. Right now, our listeners can get started with their first month for free. Go to 4 slash games daily. That's 4 slash games daily. Uh, the prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. The offer is only valid if I'm sorry, the offer is valid only if prescribed. Uh, it's a three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See the website for full details and safe important safety information. Remember, 4 slash games daily. Blessing, if I wanted to know what was new, hot, and in the mom and grop, where do I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Well, you like that? We all just drifted away. We're just having a nice Friday drift. Is that okay? Out today. Dungeon of the Endless on PlayStation 4 and Switch, Pong Quest on PS4, Tactical Champs on PS4, Emma Lost in Memories on Xbox One, Hatsuke, uh, I can never say this. Hatsuke Miku. Thank you. Project Diva Mega Mix on Switch, Fault Milestone 1 PS4, Thy Sword on Switch, The Eternal Castle Remastered on Switch, Ka Kuru Magic on Switch, A New Life PC and Mac, Tales from Off Peak City Volume 1 on PC, Fusion Shift on PC, Lit Behind the Light on PC and Mac, then the first official update for Doom Eternal is here. Uh, it comes with Empowered Demons, uh, the Precious Metals event, single-player campaign updates, battle mode changes, and much more. Uh, Winding Worlds from Co-op is out today on Apple Arcade, and you can get the game Get Good by v Viper. Viper, I see how they spelled it funny. Uh, today on Steam. New dates for you. Exceed is launching Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town, July 14th on Nintendo Switch. And then... Announced this morning, uh, me and Fran are back with the Borderlands show, episode seven on May twenty first, my father's birthday. So if you see him around oh. town, Chicago, building a building, say hi it, to my dad. Today's my father's birthday. Wow. Yeah, happy birthday, father. Look at that. Did and your dad boy. watch the show? Is he gonna hear this? No, he's not gonna hear this. I, I called him this morning, but he didn't answer, so I texted him. Fair. He's no, in a different time zone. So sounds like talking to my dad. <laughs> Deals of the day for you. Squanch Games today announced and kicked off a month's worth of celebrations to honor Trover Save the Universe's first year anniversary. Uh, it's ranging from exclusive giveaways to the biggest sale ever hosted across select partner platforms. Uh, there's never been a better time to get part of the Trover community. So yeah, if you're interested in that, as you should be, uh, jump on in there and check it out. Then, as if we weren't talking about Assassin's Creed enough, Discovery Tours presented by Assassin's Creed, the educational things for ancient Greece and uh, uh, ancient Egypt for Odyssey and Origins, respectively, is free. You can go right now oh. uh, to Ubisoft's Twitter is how the easiest way I can find it. Go there, click through, and you can get it for PC, and you can go just walk around and learn about ancient Egypt and ancient Greece. Why not? Frank Furter writes in to patreon.com slash games with a question about that and says, good morning, Greg, and blessing. Ubisoft recently... Oh, sorry. Ubisoft released something truly awesome. Educational discovery tours through ancient Egypt and ancient Greece. This is something way above and beyond just gaming and hopefully will become a great tool for teachers to use to give examples to their students. With this being unleashed, what fictional or historical cities, countries, or worlds would you like to explore from a video game? Personally, what I'd Personally, what I'd give to dive into every nook and cranny of Rapture from Bioshock, get a guided tour from Andrew Ryan. Where, what what fictional and or real city do you want to get a tour of there? Uh, that's a good question. Honestly, right? like Spider Man comes to mind, like a, a tour of New York, sure, like or sure. like yes, yeah, some some type. And I know that's like a modern day thing, so like so I could easily just fly there and go to New York. But yeah, being oh, able yeah, to easily. get like some <laughs> maybe not easily right nowadays, but yeah. like <laughs> especially New York. Um, uh, but like being able to get like a guided tour of like the different neighborhoods uh, in New York City, I feel like would be a pretty cool thing. And then like as far as like fictional, honestly, like I would like for there to be like a Breath of the Wild. Like I know like a a, a big part of Breath of the Wild in, in its world is the idea that like 
a hundred years have passed since like ruin sure. and like all sure. these different things have happened and like part of that world is the mystery that's like like that's a core thing about the design of that open world but like some sort of like you know tour through that world to kind of show like the different environments and the like you know what like what was uh what was like that that central battlefield portion of of hyrule before the devastation what was like the the northeast area of hyrule before the devastation like i would like to see some something like that which i imagine you could, probably could get in a future game if they decide to explore that in breath of the wild 2 or something but sure. yeah like those, those those are the two examples that come to mind immediately yeah i mean to be a complete nerd to start like I'd love to see uh, Metropolis, and I know that like that's what game am I going to pick from? I guess DC Universe Online, which was I remember a big se- not selling point, but like interview point back in the day, like when I was talking to Jim Lee and talking to people who made it. Of like, there hadn't been an actual like canon map of Gotham and Metropolis, and so they got to do that. Going in and seeing how they did that and how they chose like uh, like you know road names and stuff because there's always nods to creators and movie references, but like. I, I guess the biggest thing I would like to see, and it doesn't even need to be educational, right? Because obviously in world, like, hello, I'm Superman. And this is the thing. Like they did, I guess that with Booster Gold giving you tours. Of course, you remember this in DC Universe Online. Of course. Um, lest we forget. I, I would love to see more people, more developers take on commentaries. Because I think usually game commentaries are held for smaller games. Like you'll get game commentaries for like Gone Home or something like that. I think... In this age of people always trying to make more YouTube content, uh, you know, and, and channels and publishers and developers trying to own that and Twitch streaming, I think there'd be an awesome scene for we're going to sit down with a developer, an environment artist, and have them go through their game and explain why this is the way it is. And like for like for DC, here's why we named this road this. You know, this is called Otisburg, and of course that's a reference thing. We're going to go through our Ace Chemicals. We wanted it inspired by this, and that's how you know that kind of thing. Choose it around that thing. Um, Outside of that, I mean, because I think everybody should do that. Every video game developer, there's so many different nods and references, and like, there's always the obvious ones, right? Like, we were we're playing First Light for PS I Love You, and you know, running into the Sly Cooper logo, right? And it's like, and then you know, Cole, uh, Cole McGee's and stuff, and it's all the things I understand these callbacks to what it is, but what are, what are the ones I don't get, right? Like, what are the Easter eggs in there that I would never understand unless I was on the team or I was that person who put that in there? Similar to, and this isn't me promoting the Borderlands show, I swear, but we had a question on the Borderlands show where uh, a couple shows ago where one of the fans wrote in and was like hey i've noticed these letters around the the uh, uh world right and there's like this over here and if you turn the camera here there's these like two letters that look like they fall off a sign where nobody else was what are those referencing and the guy was like oh those are the designer's kids initials and like even just shit like that right of like the personal touches people go in and put into their games i would love to see more exposure for that jen agrees I she agree. knows. no thanks babe Get on it. You don't wait. Don't you work with developers? Just tell them to do this. Well, tell them to pay me to do it and I'll make it for them. You know, similar to the Metropolis thing, I South Park, the stick of truth comes to mind as Mm -hmm. a game that took a, took a world that like we've been familiar with throughout the, throughout the years and actually mapped it out. I'd like to see more games do something like that where like, and it doesn't even have to be like a video game, right? Like I would like to be able to walk around the world of like Simpsons or family guy or Rick and Morty. These are the examples that are coming coming to mind because of South Park, but Mm -hmm those fictional worlds that we that we see in tv right that we've had a connection to like growing up and like you know i would would love to see other takes at that other takes at what south park stick of truth did for south park yeah blessing are you aware that people can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games with their question comments and concerns for the show they can i, I, yeah. I had no idea that's we crazy. put it into a segment wow. called reader mail unless we've had Britain the entire show which we usually do and go along but today we made it to the uh, the normal pacing of reader mail and let me tell you a lot of people wrote in about ghosts of tsushima we're still feeling the ripples of that presentation from yesterday of course you can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games watch our live reactions for it blessing you're at home just take the coat off if you're hot no because you said ripple so i was like making my coat um, God, yeah. so smart. So uh quick jab wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says something I noticed from online response to the ghost of Tsushima gameplay reveal. It seems some people feel the game quote, doesn't reinvent the wheel. I found this odd since the new Assassin's Creed is basically in the same camp, but people seem more excited for it. Do I'm sorry for you. Do you feel playing a new slash trend setting game is a more important factor than a refined, but familiar game. New and original gameplay mechanics are definitely important, but I'm sure all of us agree refined AAA games are a necessity for this industry to grow. And then, Blessing, I actually want to bring in 
nanobiologist, okay? Number one fan of KFGD. Always in your wrong usually, but occasionally he'll pepper in a question. He is talking about this as well, similarly. Hi, Greg and Bless. It's the day after seeing Ghost of Tsushima footage, and I just want to know, do you feel the same about the game after sleeping on it? Oh, after sleeping on your thoughts, opinions, etc. Everyone was very positive on the game yesterday, including me. But after stepping away and re-watching the trailer, I feel kind of meh on it. The gameplay looks fun, and it has a beautifully realized setting, but we saw very little on the story. And the combat looked like an odd mix of Assassin's Creed and faster-to-kill Sekiro mechanics. Of course, we only saw a 20-minute cut trailer of the game, so opinions could absolutely change between now and launch and after. But I just fear that with a faster-paced combat, with fast with a faster paced combat than shown, e.g. swords that actually cutting and killing, uh, and not just chipping away at a health bar, then the game will feel too easy once you get the mechanics down. Have you felt this way about a game after seeing the trailer and felt out of place based on everyone else's opinions? So bless, where are you at? This I have seen mainly I've seen people overwhelmingly stoked. We were super stoked watching it. We all seem mm-hmm. to be super on board with it. Uh, I have seen this It Doesn't Reinvent the Wheels r- report on it. Where are you right now with your Ghost of Tsushima impressions? I'm still as hyped as I was yesterday. Like, I'm still very much looking forward to it. Like, I'm I'm honestly, like, of the mind that I wish this was... I wish this and Last of Us could switch dates. Like, I'm very much looking forward to Last of Us, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, Ghost of Tsushima as a video game is a game that I... I I'm kind of more in the mood for right now, like it being kind of this 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 colorful or black and white, depending on how you, how you want to play it. <laughs> um, but like this kind of serene, like explorative experience that um, you know you kind of just get to dive into and, and kind of sit with and get lost in, right? Like yeah, like it it being like Far Cry or it being like Assassin's Creed and it being like other uh, like Breath of the Wild or other similar open open world games that I can I can pull in and kind of connect it to. Like I have no problem with my 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 question for you greg would be uh based off the the first question that we read talking about uh you know redefining redefining gameplay versus uh trend setting and feeling familiar do you feel like horizon zero dawn redefined anything like in in, in terms of what it means to be here's my thing game? is i don't think it i don't it put its own twist on it I think that was my takeaway yesterday. You know, as Tim Gettys usually does, because he's not as good a host as me. He asked a question, but then we didn't all get to answer it. Where he wanted to know, how do you think this game's going to review Ghost of Tsushima? And everybody that got, I mean, we're all super positive about it, but there were a lot of nines being tossed out. Also, Kevin, what is this? What is this little thing here? This is, is this on your screen or my screen? There it is. Get it out of here. I, I looked here. I was like, wait, is my Ecto-1 in the shot somehow? Like, how did this? Yep, I see this. Was. Wow, it was your Ecto-1. No, it wasn't. You liar. Greg um, pull out anything from his lab, apparently, because it's either Patillo or an Ecto-1. You don't know what's going to be down here. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I lost my train. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, how it's going to review, what it's going to be. You know what I mean? And I I see, you know, this is obviously a guesstimate, and I hope it's a 10, and I hope everybody says it's a 10, and I hope I love it, and I hope it's great. I hope every game that comes out for the rest of eternity is a 10, and we're all happy forever. I see it being in the eights, high eights, maybe mid-eights. And I say that because of similar to this, where I was watching it, and whereas I think Horizon had its own, and granted, we're judging a Horizon, a game we know is a known quantity, we've played the entire thing, versus, again, yeah. a 20-minute cut of Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima, you look at it and I say, oh, right, I see the Assassin's Creed influence. I see how this is. I see I, – it's probably, honestly, one of the reasons I was so gung-ho to start Origins last night, where I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in for that kind of experience right now. And I think while Horizon has the tropes and traditions of a you know, third-person adventure – or action-adventure game, it didn't – Put it in its own coat of paint where you weren't looking at it being like, oh, I exact I know exactly what that is. I know exactly how that looks. And again, I don't I I hope and don't think probably that Ghost of Tsushima will feel that way when we play it. But because that's always the thing too about the difference of watching a game versus playing a game and why we always talk about like you need to play a game rather than you know to review it or have an opinion about it. Because playing it would be a different experience. We're playing it, I'm going to be in the moment. I'm not going to be caught up in what the HUD looks like necessarily. That that kind of stuff all melts away or melts away as you get into the experience, right? And you step into that world. Um I everything I saw about Ghost of Tsushima, I loved yesterday. I am so into that world and I my thought on it is that and how I think it's going to net out is the gameplay when we look at it while you're like, "Okay, cool." Assassin's Creedy, you know, I understand, you know, security, which is something I can't speak to um, in terms of what you're going to compare the gameplay to. I think you can look at that now in what was a gameplay presentation. They said they're going to talk to us more before release about it. So I imagine we'll get story trailers and story stuff like that. 
I think once we're into it and suddenly it is this presentation showcase of these beautiful mm-hmm. colors, the wind telling me which way to go, the mud getting on gin, uh, you know, playing it with the Japanese voice track, playing it in black and white. I think that's what's really not going to mask the fact that, all right, cool, they're not reinventing the wheel here, but make it one of the s- situations where it is the sum of its parts, right? It's greater than yeah. the sum of its parts. I mean, that is, that is the thing that is making it feel fresh, right? Like, at this point, yeah. what I am looking forward to with Ghost of Tsushima is the aesthetic of it. Like, not necessarily how it's changing open worlds or it's creating brand new mechanics. Like, we saw we saw a glimpse of some new things, right? Like, the idea that uh, the waypoint system is, is going to be diegetic right and actually using wind as the way to guide you yeah. like that like the the whole like bird bird thing to to show you where like a side quest bird, is or man. to show you where like a, a side activity is right like those yeah. are cool what i would say are new ideas i haven't seen those ideas before necessarily in the games i've played yeah i like those are cool those are of course also like smaller things uh in the grand scope of, scope of these things but like yeah the reason why i invoke horizon zero dawn is because for me when i played horizon zero dawn i didn't necessarily see it as reinventing the wheel but i still had a great time with it i still thought that game was was, like for me horizon zero dawn was also an aesthetic experience of oh yeah like gameplay wise like this is very much far cry like i'm very much playing this game the same way i'd play a far cry it's very much that mixed with something like a witcher right where it is like in a bigger it's it's an open world rpg but also like very actiony in a way that doesn't feel super rpg right like in those ways horizon felt familiar but aesthetically it is i am in this world with this character aloy who who is an awesome character i'm meeting i'm meeting all these other characters i'm finding these these huge uh robot dinosaur creatures that that look amazing i'm exploring these environments that are beautiful i'm doing i'm doing hunting and like yeah to what you're saying right the sum of its parts felt like they came together in such a a nice way that i was very satisfied with my experience by the time i finished horizon zero dawn i thought it was awesome I'm kind of looking forward to a similar thing with Ghost of Tsushima where yeah. I jump in and by not by any means, it's not necessarily going to reinvent anything or feel like something that is super brand new in terms of this is changing the game. This is changing the way that we look at video games. But aesthetically, yeah. I, 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 and honestly, I think this is a thing that we all, we all kind of got out of it yesterday, right? Like aesthetically, that game looks beautiful. I'm very interested in in the way it's that it's come together. I'm interested in what the story is, right? The idea that you can choose between going ninja or going, um, or I guess they call it ghost, going ghost or going samurai. Yeah. Like all that stuff speaks to me on an aesthetic level yep. that I'm totally okay with it, not necessarily being Breath of the Wild or Red Dead Redemption 2. It's about enhancing the core gameplay, right? If the, yeah. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if we know people enjoy those games. What can you go in and do with it? And I think it's interesting to bring in Quick Jab's comment here of like, I found it odd since the new Assassin's Creed is basically in the same camp, but people seem excited for it. Remember, you're 100% correct, right? But remember, we haven't actually seen the gameplay of Assassin's Creed, where it is that thing of me jumping into Origins last night was immediately like, oh, man, and I know that I'm doing them out of order, but I'm like, oh, this is just Odyssey again, This, which makes Odyssey, you know, DLC to Origins kind of thing, where I'm into it, and I'm playing Origins and having loved Odyssey, right? It's the, it's the strength of Bayek and Cassandra, right, of their stories that are making me want to go and the interesting things that are happening in the worlds. So if you take the same mechanics and apply it to that, I'm fine with it. And it's the same thing for Assassin's Creed where – this, you know, invading England and being these Vikings and, you know, having the same ship combat and having these giant fights again, like we did in Odyssey while, yeah, okay, cool. It's just the same thing again. If we're using them in new ways, if we're getting cool stories out of them, am I really wanting to complain? Cause I really enjoy that, uh, that gameplay, but yeah. it does. I, I was thinking that last night playing uh, origins, right. Of like, I'm satiating my itch for an Assassin's Creed right now. So when I get to Valhalla, will I still be excited or am I going to turn on Valhalla and be like, all right, 60 more hours of this. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah. not that I won't care, but I, or I don't know. Maybe I won't. We'll see. And, and I mean, even on the flip side, I think there are games that do reinvent the wheel that don't necessarily hit home with everybody. Like, yeah. I mentioned Red Dead Redemption 2. I think that's, that's an example of a game that is, for all intents and purposes, I would say is innovative and is, mm-hmm. that game did push the boundaries of, of open world games. And I know like uh, most people I'd say absolutely adore and are absolutely in love with Red Dead Redemption 2. But there, then there are plenty of people out there who, like, I think aesthetically and in terms of the ways the mechanics came together, like, the game that game didn't necessarily do it for them. Um, Death Stranding is also another example of a game that I personally really enjoyed, Death Stranding. Yep. And that's a game that I would say reinvented the wheel in, in very unique ways, but in, in very, like, it, it, definitely, it, it definitely, in very polarizing ways, right? But it, 
either way, it still reinvented the wheel, but that mm-hmm. didn't necessarily hit home with everybody who played it. Like there's there are so many um uh split opinions on Death Stranding because I think, you know, the 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 things that that game did to reinvent the wheel weren't necessarily, I guess, like the they just didn't translate in a way that yeah. I think you're, you're you're looking to do. And that's the gamble, right? And why you see games that we look at and we're like, oh, it is Assassin's Creed meets whatever. Like you look at it because people we, we know people like to play those games. We know we want more of those games, right? Like it's the same. It's it's taking a genre and why the genres exist and applying them to your own thing. And so I think that even if we're looking at Ghost and being like. Oh yeah, it seems a lot like Assassin's Creed. Like obviously the weapons and abilities are different. Obviously the you know you're going to get into a bunch of stuff where it isn't exactly the same, but it could it looks like it. But that's yeah. just them taking something that's proven and being like, we like playing these games. We want to make games like this. How do we make it our own? And this is a question that we might want to save for PS Love You, but I think this this conversation leads to the question for me: Does PlayStation First Party take enough risks? Because when, I, when I'm when I'm when we're talking about Ghost of Tsushima and we're talking about how and we and even Horizon Horizon Zero Dawn and games like Spider Man, right? Like those are all games that you, you could probably say are derivative. Oh, in just some shut way. up! I'm, dro- I'm dropping it right here on this week's. Yeah, man, put that put that in the doc because uh, like I think there's an, there's an argument you can make that like yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is derivative, but like we're all gonna love it probably like that. There are, there are certain times where it doesn't hit, like Days Gone came out and not everybody loved it. But Ghost of Tsushima, assuming, ass, I'm assuming for the most part, we're probably going to enjoy it if that game comes out and it's good. Um, but yeah, it's derivative for a reason because it, because it sells. That's good stuff right there. I like where your head's at. Hold on. I'm, I'm, yeah, May 2020. Okay, I've got the doc open. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember, uh, patreon.com slash games would be a part of PSI Love You XOXO. I'm going to add that question into the the uh, form here so you can answer it for next week's episode. Oh, uh, for now, let's wrap up Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, nobody squatted up today because everybody hates playing games together. You've all turned on each other. I understand. So instead, we'll jump to your wrong. Um, Nanobiologist has stuff about the Unreal uh, Xbox stuff. So here he goes. Uh, Forbes reported the following regarding Unreal Engine 5 and Xbox. Quote, during the Tim Sweeney interview by Jeff Keighley, the word Xbox was only uttered once as a slip-up. All presses by Jeff to mention other consoles were sidestepped, like a marketing deal, end quote. Uh, then... Oh, this wasn't him as well. Sorry. Then final boss fight. Yeah. Says the Xbox Series X will be able to use all the features of UE5. However, that particular level of fidelity in the demo we saw was only possible on the PS5 because of the memory and data architecture that is custom to the PS5. Uh, He's referencing Nick Warden, vice president of gaming at Epic. Quote, there are tens of billions of triangles in that scene, he says, referring to the room of statues in the aforementioned Unreal Engine 5 demo. And we simply couldn't have them, we simply couldn't have them all in memory at once. So what we end up needing to do is streaming the triangles as the camera is moving throughout the environment. The I.O. capabilities of the PlayStation 5 are one of the key hardware features that enable us to achieve that level of realism. So there you go. I got breaking news. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 full soundtrack has been announced. Uh, You can look on IGN if you want to scroll through that. But it's a lot of songs from Tony Hawk 1 and 2. So there you go. And then Nanobiologist's final thing is also more breaking news. Rainbow Six Siege's five years. Rainbow Six Sieges, Year 5, Season 2, Operation Steel Wave got announced, and it's got two new operators, Ace and Malusi. Uh, It will be fully announced on May 18th and released three weeks later. Happy about that. Are you you happy? Yeah. I've been playing quite a bit of Rainbow Six Sieges recently. Never going to finish Persona. Never going to finish Persona. Never. You know, Predator's got a bunch of people to play, too. Dutch is coming to it, so big deal. Oh, yeah. When is that happening? May 25th, 26th. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, remember, each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. You like that? Go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we're about to do. You can do all the cool things. If you can't do those cool things, go to twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, uh, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Bless, we have a post show to do, but I want you to have a good weekend. Oh, you too, yeah. I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's fine. Until next (laughs) time, everybody. It's been our pleasure to serve you. (laughs) Bye. Bye.